Have you ever wondered who Jesus is? Late on a Friday afternoon, Jesus dies, and there are women, they're looking from a distance, they've followed him throughout his ministry, and they wonder, who was this Jesus? Mark chapter 15, verse 40, there were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James the Younger and of Joseph and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him, and there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is the day of the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died, and summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph, and Joseph bought a linen shroud, and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud, and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. These women that were looking on from a distance These women that saw Jesus die on the cross, they had followed him faithfully, they had served him, and as they watched him die, they asked, who was this Jesus? Joseph of Arimathea, he was a wealthy, influential man, a prominent member of the Jewish council, the Sanhedrin. He had not agreed with the decision. He wanted to stop the action, but he couldn't. He too was looking for the kingdom of God. He was waiting for the reign of God to come to Israel. He summons the courage. He's brave enough to ask for the body of an enemy of Rome. What a risk. Pilate grants the body to Joseph. The release of one condemned for high treason, very unusual. Especially to a person that was not an immediate relative. Usually the Romans would leave the bodies on the cross and they'd be left for scavengers. But the Jews, they thought otherwise. They thought even their enemies should receive a proper burial. They believed that those bodies should be removed from the cross, that they should be buried. But burial, it had to happen before Sabbath began, and there were only a few hours before Sabbath would begin. Joseph, probably with the help of servants, he he takes the body down from the cross. He has already purchased fine linen, and he wraps that body tightly in fine linen, and they carry it to the tomb, to a tomb cut out of stone. These were expensive tombs. They were cut out of the limestone hillsides of Palestine, There were often multiple chambers and benches and shelves where bodies might be placed. And this particular tomb has a stone that can be rolled in front of the entrance. This too was unusual. Rolling stones were only the privilege of the very wealthy, a luxury. And so Joseph, he wants to do his best for Jesus. He wants to honor him in his burial. 
treats them like family. And he must have been asking, as he laid Jesus in the tomb, who was this Jesus? The women have been looking from a distance. They, they see where the body is placed in a tomb. After sunset on Saturday, they go and they buy spices. They want to anoint the body for burial. Just want to honor him. Their desire to anoint Jesus reminds us of of Mary. Mary in the house of Simon the leper, who had an alabaster jar and she, she broke it and poured all of its contents on the head of Jesus. And Jesus responded by saying, she has anointed my body for burial. These women, they're just expecting to anoint the body of Jesus, a dead body. They're not expecting resurrection. And if the story ended here with these beautiful acts of devotion, from men and women, rich and poor, Mary, who just pours out her life savings on the head of Jesus, out of intense love for him. And Joseph, who asks for the dead body of Jesus and and offers the best burial that he can offer him. And these women who come to the tomb wanting to anoint him with the spices that they've been able to purchase. If these gestures of love, devotion, and respect just bring closure to a tragic drama, if this is where the story ends, there'd be no gospel, there would be no good news. There would just be intense devotion to a dead man and nothing more. And if we come here on this Sunday morning, this Easter morning, just out of religious practice, out of admiration for Jesus, out of admiration for his love and teaching, but Jesus is not raised, then we just come out of devotion to a dead man and there is nothing, no reason to celebrate. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 13 and 14, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are of all people most to be pitied. To be pitied. Jesus lies buried. We exercise devotion to a dead man and there is nothing more. But the story continues. Matthew chapter 16, verse 2. And very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And looking up, They saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. So after sunrise, on Sunday morning, these women, they go to the tomb, and their only question is, who will roll that very large stone away from the tomb? Because we can't do it, and the men are in hiding. 
They look up and they see. It's interesting how Mark emphasizes the looking and the seeing. In chapter 15, verse 40, he talks about these women that are looking toward the cross. They're looking. The corpse of Jesus. And now the same word is used in chapter 16, verse 4, where they come to the hillside and they look up and they see that the stone has been rolled away. No, some have suggested that Jesus didn't die, that he just fainted on the cross and later in the cool of the tomb he revived. But the Roman centurion, the, the chief of the execution squad, he had crucified many, and he confirmed to Pilate, no, Jesus is dead. And Joseph, he took the dead body down from the cross and laid it in a tomb. He handled the body of Jesus. And the women, they saw the body laid in a tomb. The, the Romans, they crucified hundreds of thousands of people during their centuries in power. And there is not one record of a person that was crucified that came back to life. No, Jesus was dead. And now in chapter 16, verse 4, these women, they look up to see the stone rolled back and they enter the tomb and they see a young man sitting to the right side. And it reminds us of the young man who, when Jesus was arrested, he ran away naked, that young man who represents who we all are except by the grace of God. We should be strong, but we're weak. We should stand, but we run. And now there's a young man sitting in the tomb, the same word, young man. He's not running. He's just sitting in the tomb. And he's not naked. He's clothed in a white robe. According to Matthew 28, an angel. The women, they're awestruck. They're dumbfounded. And we should be too. Because if the disciples were fabricating this story, then the primary witnesses to Jesus' resurrection would not be women. In all four Gospels, the primary witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus are women. And that should startle us because in first century Judaism, the testimony, the report of women was not valued. It was not recognized. It was not regarded. But Jesus surprises us. And the angel said to them, verse 6 of chapter 16, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth? Who was crucified? He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The words of the young man just contradict everything that they expect. They expect to anoint a dead body. He has a message to proclaim. He said, hey, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. You're looking for the man that you followed that was hung on a cross who died. The man that you saw laid in a tomb. That Jesus, he is not here. You've missed him. He's risen. Who is this Jesus? This Jesus that we came to anoint. 
Well, he's the Christ, the Son of God. The Gospel of Mark begins with these words, the good news concerning Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. In that same first chapter, Jesus is baptized, and the Father says from heaven, you are my beloved Son. And then in Mark chapter 9, on the Mount of Transfiguration, the disciples are there, and the Father says from heaven to the disciples, this is my beloved Son, listen to him. But throughout the gospel, people don't understand him, not even the disciples, they miss him. For the disciples, the Son of God, he just can't die. He has to establish his earthly kingdom. But it's precisely at his death on the cross that we begin to understand who Jesus is, what Son of God means. The cross is precisely the intersection between God and humanity. God meets humanity. And things are changed forevermore, for all of time, for all of eternity. Jesus, yeah, he is the Messiah. He has come to establish his eternal kingdom. But he is also the suffering servant who takes the penalty of sin upon himself. He is the son of man who gives his life as a ransom for many. 100% God, 100% man. The perfect sacrifice. Once for all. That kingdom that Joseph of Arimathea was looking for, well, it's been inaugurated. God has vindicated Jesus by raising him from the dead. The predictions of Jesus fulfilled. And Jesus, the Son of Man, he will come on the clouds of heaven to reign forevermore. This is good news. That angel, that young man that sits in the tomb, Could it be that he represents who we are to be? Confidently sitting, not running, because the victory has been won. Dressed in robes of righteousness because Jesus has taken our sin upon himself. Burning with a message to proclaim because the tomb is empty. What does the angel say? He's risen. Women, you have good news. Go tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. Jesus is keeping his promise. He's gone before you. He's holding on to you. And the angel says, and Peter. Peter is singled out. Can you imagine Peter hearing those words? Peter who has betrayed Jesus, who has denied him three times. Peter, who is covered in shame. Peter, who doesn't believe that he will ever, ever be dressed in robes of righteousness. Later, the women say to him, Peter, the angel mentioned you by name. Peter, Jesus wants to meet you in Galilee. Don't miss him, Peter. The women, they're seized with fear. They're bewildered. They're trembling when they hear the angel's message. They're awestruck. They're dumbfounded. They fall silent. They saw Jesus as he suffered and died. They saw Jesus' body taken down from the cross. They saw Jesus laid in the tomb. And they've come to the tomb just to anoint a dead body out of respect for him, wanting to honor him. 
And the stone has been rolled away and there's an angel sitting in the tomb and he proclaims a message to them, to them. Oh, what does it mean? What does it mean? And they're silent. Oh my, he is risen. He's gone before us. There's a place where there's forgiveness of sins. And shame is removed. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where there are streams of grace that flow deep and wide. There's a place for surrender. There's a place to meet Jesus, to know him and to be known, and it's at the foot of the cross. And Jesus invites them and invites us to meet him. Jesus came that we might have life. He did what we could never do for ourselves. He took our sin upon himself. And so this morning, if you have never come to the foot of the cross, Jesus invites you to come with your guilt and your shame and your sin and to turn to him and say, Jesus, be my Savior, be my Lord. Fill me with new life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to be born anew, be born to a living hope. Jesus is risen. He invites you to be his son, to be his daughter. And if you have strayed from Jesus, you've been walking in another direction, Jesus invites you to come and renew your faith. And if you're here just broken and needing healing, needing needing prayer, then come. We have a reason to sing. Jesus is risen. The prayer team will come, and as we sing, come for prayer. Amen.